Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. So on today's show, I'm going to talk about the symptoms of depression and how coaching can be used to overcome depression. And I should caveat that I'm not a doctor and I don't have a medical background. I really am talking from the experience of the training that I did in my coaching and also my personal experience because I've had a range of of depressions over the years, some very severe and some less severe. Really the bottom line is, if you've been experiencing a constant low mood for over two weeks, then first and foremost, you should go and see your doctor and discuss that with your doctor. So just to get started then, I'm gonna begin with the psychological symptoms that you may experience if you have depression. Now, obviously there is gonna be an ongoing constant feeling of sadness there. You may feel hopeless and you'll probably be losing interest in things that you used to enjoy. Depression may be causing you to have low self-esteem, to be feeling teary and guilty. You might find yourself getting irritable and intolerant of others around you. And you may find that decision-making is really difficult at the moment. And worrying and negative thinking tend to go hand in hand with depression as well. You may even have suicidal thoughts or thoughts of harming yourself. And again, I would urge that, particularly in that situation, please go and see your doctor and discuss what you've been experiencing with your doctor if you've got to that level. Now, depression also has a physical impact. So you might find yourself speaking more slowly or quietly than usual. In your body, you might notice uh, weight gain or weight loss. You might have constipation or random aches and pains. And if you're anything like me, you'll notice that your energy is very low when you experience depression. You might also, uh, for women, they might notice changes in their menstrual cycle. And men and women can also have low sex drive as a result of depression. But one of the most common symptoms is disturbed sleep. And that, of course, leads to low energy, as I'd already mentioned. On a social level, you're probably noticing that you're not performing quite as well at work, that you've reduced your social activities, both in work and in the rest of your life. And you're maybe neglecting hobbies that you used to enjoy. You might also notice some difficulties in your home life uh, with others. It might be difficult to relate to others because Depression can feel quite isolating and it's, well, speaking from my own experience, it can be difficult to relate exactly how you're feeling to other people. Sometimes you're having difficulty getting your head around it yourself, let alone trying to explain it to anybody. 
But today I want to particularly focus on this idea of negative thinking that often comes hand in hand with depression. And this is what I see in clients where they're really beating themselves up and talking negatively to themselves. And what happens when you feel low and you have these negative thoughts is you become reluctant to act, to get up and take action and work towards your goals and things that matter to you. So you're then kind of telling yourself, well, I'm not doing anything, I'm not achieving, I'm not getting where I want to be. And that makes you lethargic and it makes you worry more and therefore you sleep badly and therefore you wake up feeling low the next morning with negative thoughts and you're reluctant to act again and you're telling yourself again, oh, I'm not doing anything, I should be doing things, I should be achieving, I should be, you know, all these shoulds that are putting pressure on you. And so you're just getting into this negative cycle, which is repeating. And where coaching comes in is it's an intervention at the point of the negative thoughts. It's challenging those negative thoughts in the first place. So I want to go on and talk about some of the types of negative thoughts that you can experience when you have depression or anxiety for that matter. So first of all, I want to talk about filtering and filtering is when you focus on the negatives and ignore the positives. So for example, recently we've had a ton of snow here in central Scotland. We've had several snow days in a row and schools have been closed, uh, work offices have been closed. A lot of things have ground to a halt, you know, no trains, no buses, nothing. Red alert, everything at a standstill. And, you know, some people have looked on the negative and said, oh, now I'm stuck at home with the kids and it's terrible and I can't go anywhere. And yes, that is true. But, you know, there's positives to be found in most situations. So, for example, what about the fact that your kids can get out to play and get in the fresh air, that you can get outside and get some fresh air and exercise? You know, okay, you're not going to be taking a bike out, but you know what I mean. So filtering is about focusing just on those negatives rather than seeing opportunities in every situation that happens. Then you've got uh, polarised thinking, okay? And polarised thinking is basically seeing everything in black and white. It's either amazing or dreadful and there's no in between, okay? So let's say you're waiting for feedback from a job interview and it's taking a while. You might tell yourself that there's no way you've got this job because it's taken so long for them to get back to you. But the other way to get around this is to think about percentages. So rationalise it. Ask yourself, what are the chances I've got this job? Well, if you know you're down to the last three, then you've got a one in three chance or 33% that you've got that job. So... You don't have the job yet, but you do have a chance to get the job. So polarised thinking is, is really just that. It's, it's looking at things in complete black and white terms. Then we come to overgeneralisation. 
and that is when you apply a broad statement without specific facts. It's things like, I always put my foot in it, okay? And overgeneralizing can really hurt our chances of reaching our goals. So if you tell yourself you're never going to get that job that you applied for because you never do well at interviews, well, guess what? You might just be right, you know? Because um, if you have already decided that you're never going to get that job, then you go in with a, a negative idea of yourself and you go in with a lack of confidence and therefore that might come across in the interview. So maybe it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The point is that it can really hurt your chances to achieve what you want when you overgeneralize and make negative statements about yourself. Uh, then I'm going to come on to mind reading and that's basically predicting what other people are thinking or feeling without actually knowing the facts. So you, you really don't know what someone else is thinking or feeling, uh, but you've decided that you do. And, you know, maybe you fall out with a friend and, and tell yourself that she's never going to talk to you again. But what is the evidence for that? You know, do you actually have any evidence for that? Consider that there might be alternative options. And until someone actually tells you their thoughts or feelings to you, then there's no way for you to know for sure how they're feeling. So let's talk now about catastrophizing. And this is one I see a lot with my clients. Uh, it's very common. And everything becomes catastrophic in your head. It's a worst case scenario all the way and there's no room for rational thought. So let's take the example of a parent who has a teenage child who's gone out for the night in their car. They're expecting them to be back by one o'clock and they're lying awake, anxiously waiting for the return of their teenager who doesn't come back at one o'clock in the morning. And this becomes a source of great anxiety to the parent who assumes they've had an accident in their car. So when this happens, it's time to assess the odds again. What are the chances that the teenagers had an accident? And what are the chances instead that the situation will work all right? Is there an alternative explanation for what is going on? So in this case, maybe they've just decided to stay out a bit later and not tell you, you know. Right, so now we've got magnifying and that's when you minimize the positives and magnify the negatives. And there are positive opportunities in most situations that first appear to be negative. You know, for example, imagine you're away on holiday and your flight home gets delayed eh, to the point that the airline put you up in a hotel for the night. Now, if you're looking at the negatives, you might be like, oh man, my flight's been cancelled, I'm stuck here for another 24 hours, I just wanted to go home. Yeah, okay, that may well be the case, but is there another way to look at the situation? What about the opportunity to spend some time abroad or to buy some presents for family that you hadn't got round to? You know, or to, to do some sightseeing of something that you hadn't got time to do there are always positives to be found if you look for them, you know. 
Now I want to talk about personalization and that's really when you take something to heart, okay? So you make the assumption that something that someone says to you automatically relates to you and you also end up comparing yourself to others a lot. Um, this is really happening as a result of low self-esteem and just remember that comparing yourself to others really isn't helpful. Everyone has different natural talents, skills and experiences and they shape who they are as a person but they can also be developed and changed and made better. Let's take the example of someone who is a similar age to you and maybe works in the same job. It's easy to compare yourself to them but actually They've had very different childhood and experiences from you and those childhood, uh, their childhood and their experiences have shaped how they behave and act as they have with you. So what seems what it, like it might be directed at you might have very little to do with you and you just don't know for sure. So let's talk about shoulds. Now this is when you tell yourself you should be doing something or you should behave in a certain way and basically it creates pressure on yourself. It's the mental equivalent of getting a big stick and beating yourself up with it over and over and does absolutely nothing for positive self-esteem. It creates guilt about what you're not doing. You know, you might tell yourself you need to go and visit your mum because you always go at the weekend but, you know, is there another way to look at the situation? For example, I won't get to see mum today because I have the family shopping to do. Or I'm actually exhausted today and I need to rest and take care of myself before the week ahead. You know, there are other ways to look at the situation. And we've also got predictions. Predictions are when you predict what's going to happen and and therefore it kind of does, you know, so if you've been talked into running your first 5k by a friend, you might tell yourself, I'm never going to finish this because I'm too unfit. And so it is. You don't finish the race because you've already made up your mind about how it was going to go. And, you know, instead of doing that, you could challenge yourself with some more positive, rational ideas like, I've not run a race before, but I will run as much as I'm able to and my friend will help motivate me along the way. So all of these uh, ideas that I've talked about are, are known as cognitive distortions and to overcome them you want to consider that you might need to assert yourself with others, uh, that you might need to clear up any misunderstandings with other people Make sure you gather more information and check your assumptions and make a commitment to continually challenge your own thinking. So we do this in coaching and we look at the idea of core beliefs and core beliefs are thoughts that you have about yourself which dictate how you behave and think in your life. So let's say, for example, that you have a core belief, I am unworthy, okay? Well, you create rules around that idea of I am unworthy. So your rules might be, 
I can achieve what I want, I can ask for what I want, and I need to work hard to prove my worth. And what we do in coaching is we challenge these core beliefs. We sit and discuss alternative ways for the client to see their core belief, to challenge the idea of, I am unworthy. Well, are they unworthy? What situations have they been in where they haven't felt unworthy? And just reminding them that actually there are there is other evidence to support the idea that they are a worthy person, that they are a worthwhile human being. And in doing so, they can rewrite these rules that they've set themselves, these rules that have told them that they can't achieve and they can't ask for what they want and they need to work hard to prove themselves. Actually, when you challenge the core belief, you also allow them to rewrite their own rules for their own life. And having rewritten these rules, then I encourage them to go out and test them out, to pick a particular situation that has previously caused them uh, anxiety or depression, and to see how they got on living with the new rule and see how they feel. So I want to go back a little bit. I talked earlier about the negative cycle of feeling low and having negative thoughts, leading to being reluctant to take action, leading to negative self-talk in your head, saying, I'm not doing enough, I'm not taking action, I'm not getting out, I'm not achieving, therefore leading to more uh, poorer sleep and more tiredness, leading to more negative thoughts and more feeling low, etc, etc. And this negative cycle can be challenged and it's done through something called behavioural activation and that's just a fancy word for taking action. And when the client is not going out, when they're not meeting their friends or they're signed off from work with depression, they are avoiding the world. And that is their method of coping. But unfortunately, it keeps them stuck. Okay, so they're stuck in their situation and they can't progress until they take some kind of action. And so behavioural activation is about very gradually increasing levels of activity in the client's life. And what this does is as the client gradually increases their level of activity, then they reverse that avoidance. So they're no longer stuck. They're increasing their activity. And in doing so, they improve their self-confidence. They increase their self-esteem. And it's actually been proven that it improves their mood symptoms because they've started to take small steps towards getting life back to normal after depression. And I've seen that myself with clients that I've worked with. Uh, one particular client was a, a mum of four children and 
she was feeling, I guess, a bit lost and she had started to withdraw socially and she was losing confidence. She was feeling stressed easily at home. Her self-esteem was low. And we got talking about the things that she really wanted to do in her life and how she could take practical steps to achieve them and do it in a way that felt comfortable for her in the context of where she was at the time, uh, you know, emotionally speaking. So I'm going to wind up the show now and to finish off, I want to talk about three tips for overcoming depression. Okay, now the number one tip is talk to somebody about how you're feeling. Okay, now I've already said if you've been experiencing constant low mood for over two weeks, you definitely need to go and see your doctor. And if your depression is severe, like you are struggling to get out of bed in the morning, it's difficult to to get yourself washed and dressed, then uh, that depression is at a level that you definitely need to involve your doctor. But with mild and moderate depression too, it's also important to see your doctor if you've had a constant low mood for over two weeks. I think the important thing is to speak to someone. I think to have a conversation with someone and talk about how you're feeling. Um, Or sometimes the conversation happens by accident. I know it has with me. Um, I I once uh, found myself... um, at a friend's house and I really wasn't intending to speak to her about how I was feeling but it turned out that she expressed to me that she had had depression recently and this enabled me to open up when actually beforehand I had found it quite difficult to express how I was feeling and all of a sudden this opportunity presented itself. It's just really important that you have the conversation with somebody Okay, so secondly is to challenge your negative thoughts. Okay, so these negative thoughts do nothing for your depression. They really just hinder it. And when you start to challenge your negative thoughts and test these negative ideas that are going through your head, then you will slowly but surely find that you're being kinder to yourself that you're treating yourself better. You'll find your confidence building and your self-esteem building because you're not constantly beating yourself up with this verbal stick, sort of internal verbal stick um, that tells you you're not good enough or you can't achieve or whatever. So challenge these negative ideas that are going through your head, okay? That's the second tip. And the third tip is to think about some of the things that you really want to do in your life and to take small steps towards them. So I've got a few questions for you to think about. The first one is, is there something in your life that you want to change? Secondly, is there something new that you've never done that you want to achieve? And lastly, are there any hobbies that you used to enjoy which you've given up? and want to take up again. Now these things must be important to you, not anybody else, okay? So this third idea is about 
thinking about these things that matter to you and thinking about what small steps you could take towards achieving them because that will build your confidence, it will build your self-esteem, it will improve your mood symptoms, I guarantee it. And just before I finish up, I want to remind you of a few numbers that you can call if you feel the need to speak to someone. Okay, there's the Samaritans on 116123, that's a 24-hour service. It's 116123 and you don't need to be suicidal to call the Samaritans, okay? You've also got Breathing Space Scotland, that's 0800 8385 87. That's 0800 8385 87. And they operate between about dinner time, 6 o'clock-ish, and through the night into the early hours of the morning, okay? And of course you've always got uh, 999 in England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland if you're needing some emergency help. Okay, so that's us at the end of today's podcast. Thanks very much for listening in. I hope you've got something from the podcast today that it's helped to inspire you to make positive changes in your own life. And if you did enjoy it, please jump over to iTunes and give it a five star rating. It will help get the message out about good well-being and positive mental health. You can also subscribe to the podcast and that way you'll get notified when new podcasts become available. But one of the best things you could do is share the podcast with someone that you think would benefit from what we've discussed today. So if there's someone in your life who would enjoy listening to the podcast, click that share button and pass it on. Thank you. Finally, I just want to say that I'm always open to suggestions for content for podcasts and I'm also looking for inspiring people to interview. So if you are a business owner or you're an employee who has been in a situation where you've had a lot of stress in your life, maybe you've been going through a major change and it's really affected you in a negative way, caused you a lot of stress or anxiety or mild depression. And you have used that to look at your life and re-examine your life and turn it around. Then I would love to interview you. I'm always looking for inspiring stories. And that's what I do in my coaching. I help people who have been experiencing stress, anxiety or depression in the workplace and in their home life as well. And I help them to turn that around by addressing the problems that they're experiencing in life, by helping to build their skills to overcome some of those challenges, to to manage their time, to help them to make big decisions that they're facing, because that can really overwhelm people as well. And to gradually build their confidence. And as they start to build that confidence, they realise that they can achieve a lot more. And we set goals, we set practical goals for things that they really want to achieve in their life. And we put a plan in place for them to achieve that. So if you want to find out more about what I do at Life Switch Coaching, you can go to my website, which is at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com. 
and you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com that's s-u-s-a-n-n-e at lifeswitchcoaching.com thanks very much for listening and take care goodbye